going on? Patsy's my best friend and I've tried but I can't manage without her. I love her very much. So if she's going to be virus then I'm going to be virus too. So welcome to um, episode 40 of Conversation on Eagle Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host Lance and joining me on the podcast panel today is Liz. Hello. Sabine. Hi. And Maggie. Hi. With episode notes done by Matt and myself. So episode 40, the screenplay was done by Joe Boyle. It was directed by Lawrence Wilson. And the episode synopsis will be read out by Liz. What was once believed to be a blessing becomes the Mallrat's worst nightmare when it's discovered that the mysterious old man seen wandering the streets is actually Glenn, who now has the virus and has begun rapidly aging. And he's not the only one out there. Is the virus contagious? If so, are the Mallrats now infected? Okay, so let's jump right into the episode. So, as the Mallrats try to make sense of Glenn's condition, they soon realize it can mean only one thing. The virus is back and it has mutated. Facing a suddenly uncertain future, the tribe members react in very different ways. Um, so yeah, panel, what were your first thoughts on these reactions? Um, and what is it like watching this episode now, given our current pandemic times? I think it's very different for me to watch it back then and watch it now. Because before the pandemic, my initial response was, oh no, we should take care of him. And... I wasn't worried at all about them touching him and, um, you know, trying to isolate people. And now the only thing I can think of is, of course you're going to try to isolate people. You need to contain this. Seeing it in the light of our current pandemic has changed the way I look at this episode significantly. Oh, might need to, for sure. It has no effect on my thinking because I always felt that they were doing the right thing. I didn't look at it before like they were overreacting or it just made sense that, yeah, you guys don't know how this is spreading. You don't know how it's contagious. Um, you literally watched a global pandemic wipe out every adult on the planet already. Mm -hmm. So frankly, I thought they might not have been taking it serious enough. You know? Yeah, that, that was the way I felt. Yeah. You know, I was like, yeah, this is super serious. This is the smartest thing these kids could have done. Um, it was very compassionate of them not to throw Glenn out, but they're isolating him. And um, so I don't feel any different because that's the way I always felt about it. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's. I guess the only difference is I kind of know more firsthand the sort of fear that they mm -hmm. must be feeling. But mm -hmm. I was able to imagine it already. I'm a Gen Xer and we've been waiting for the apocalypse all our lives so um <laughs> sorry I, i'm a millennial you know <laughs> um like they drilled into our head from day one that it's all gonna end soon <laughs> <laughs> so i was that weird kid who had evacuation plans or everything you know and was just very aware of this kind of stuff um but again i was an adult when i saw it and i only had those evacuation plans after watching the tribe <laughs> basically yeah Man, I, I had evacuation plans for our pets, our fish. <laughs> My family thought I was crazy. <laughs> like, you made me this way. 
hey, I had plans for the kids I babysat. I was assuming all adults would die. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's the pandemic you thought would happen. Yep. I was just thinking, oh, crap, I'm going to be in charge of all of these kids I'm already in charge of. <laughs> oh, man. No, it really, it really was drilled into my head, um, my whole generation. I remember, you know, we were forced to think about nuclear war. They made us watch the day after in school. Um, I remember one teacher in middle school gave me an assignment, write a letter to your parents and it's the last letter you'll ever write to them. Like we had to think of a scenario where we'd never see our parents again when we were 13. Like it was just sort of drilled into our heads that it could all go really wrong. <laughs> any day now guys <laughs> like the cold war is over why are you doing this to us <sighs> i mean i have quite a lot of people older than me in my family but i've never heard anything like that from this part of the world before i do like um the reactions from everybody and uh this is one of those episodes that shows you who characters are at their core like who they are in the dark mm -hmm. Because their true colors really come in. The things that really frighten them come out. Um, I found it interesting, for example, one of Tysan's first reactions is fear. Yeah. And realizes uh -huh. what Glenn has, like the way mm -hmm. she moves back. And, you know, she gains control of herself, but that was her first reaction. Like, oh, that's scary. That terrified yep. me. Um, so, yeah, I like the way each character, you could just see really they're stripped down at this moment who they really are and what their knee-jerk reaction to this new crisis is says a lot about them i mean i understand like lex and zandra being like he needs to go you need to get him out of here you know what i mean yeah like their initial fear of it that's how they reacted to it you know i don't think any of their reactions were bad no me neither you know what i mean i'm just you know the difference in characters like i don't know how ryan or celine would have reacted in that initial moment because i would have been like he needs to go absolutely that would have been my first need me too that's what i said i was like oh i i agree like i agree to go. if he's yeah. infected we need he needs to get out of mm -hmm. the mall um patsy's reaction oh it was heartbreaking oh yeah i would just want to disinfect everything it's just it's really well acted you know mm -hmm. All those you'd watch it over and over again, and just focus on one character, and just to see how they're reacting to this, how they're coping with it. And these kids—they mm -hmm. put a lot of work into their acting of what's going mm -hmm. on in their heads, and it's very well done, well handled, well directed. Just to pick up on that earlier point, like, um, do you think their reactions went far enough? Considering, like, yeah, it has just been all the outs have just been wiped out. Um, yeah, do you think they were too safe in their reaction? If, if that makes sense. I think they may have been a little too casual about it. Yeah. Mm. Um, like, I definitely would have been like, okay, well, get him away from me. Get him somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't. And even, like, with Patsy and Lex, like, they're basically within touching. And if it's, you know, airborne or whatever, it it's just not a good situation. And I think they were all just, like, too, yeah, casual and nonchalant about it as they were isolating people. I would have grabbed that baby and ran. For sure. Like, I couldn't believe Trudy was just there. I was like, whoa, man. Um, I think it might be a trauma response from what they've already experienced. Mm. Uh, 
I'm sure a lot of adults tried to go into hiding thinking that if they were isolated, they wouldn't get the virus. And it yeah. clearly did not work. Everybody got it, no matter where they were, no matter where they tried to hide, even if they were in no contact with anyone, they still got the virus. And I do think that would mess up your head. You know, like if you saw that and realized there was literally nothing the adults could do to save themselves. Um, I, I do think it's a bit of a trauma response for some of the kids where there's almost a like, well, this might as well happen, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Amber did say they knew it was out there, you, you know, know, like. Um, you, could, you can respond by being terrified mm. or you, I, I think some of them are just actually in a sort of shock, you know, um, yeah. like, okay, they've already done this and they don't know how this has mutated they even admit they don't know if it's the virus they don't know how it's transmitted and just not having any of those answers can also just kind of shut down what you could properly do in any given scenario yeah i do think it's cool that they managed to hold on to their humanity in this moment mm -hmm. where they don't throw glenn out on the street because well he could die out there yeah and, but they were like, we do have to isolate you. And they're very kind when they say it. Like, they mm -hmm. want to make it clear, this isn't personal, but we can't have you touching anybody in here, man. You know? And uh, so I, I thought that was impressive, too. Um, the man, that this is not a moment for them to manifest any resentment towards each other or hatred towards each other. Is it a little too optimistic? It's a little Roland Emmerich there, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> You know, his message is that adversity brings us together, and it's a nice one, but yeah, I'm not sure all of us would respond that way. <laughs> but it does go with the tone of what the tribe is supposed to be about anyway. Mm -hmm. The freaking song is, if we're going to survive the dream yeah. of our lives. <laughs> yeah, that's what the mall rats are about. If these kids had gone total Lord of the Flies and like stoned Glenn. I absolutely did not expect at all for them to throw him out on the street, you know? <laughs> it does make me wonder though if that's how the last few remaining adults died if the kids hadn't taken over by then and I mean I could see Zoot doing that yeah no you're right Zan we can't take the chance Yeah, let's talk about Lex, because um, after his low point in the last episode, he takes the news that he has to be isolated surprisingly well. Um, mm -hmm. And despite being afraid, he tries to make light of the situation when he's quarantined in his room and shows genuine concern for Zandra. Uh, yeah, Panel, what did you think about this kind of turnaround that we see? I thought for a moment, I was like, okay, there it is. You know, there's a little bit of redeemness, you know, like maybe, maybe he's not so bad and he actually does care about someone other than himself. And I think he does, you know, in his own way. But I think it was very refreshing to see him just do as was expected of him without putting up a fight. I think this shows that underneath everything, Lex is a human being. Mm. And he's seen what happens if people get ill. And yeah, for once, he doesn't want to be the person causing that. I've always said this about Lex. He's, a, you know, when he, he's not like, a very trustworthy person but when he genuinely like and he cares about people and they are his people he's loyal you know what i mean like he'll do what he can i think this is kind of the start to showing a little bit of that but i guess we'll see 
When we first started doing these and we were just doing more of an overall discussion of the characters, I had said, I love who Lex is in the dark when nobody's looking. And um, I kind of really like what the writers did here. It's something I would do. You take a character so far down to almost irredeemable um, and then you pull out more you like you're like oh no we haven't reached the bottom of the box when it comes mm-hmm. to this person there's more in here um it's just you need a trigger you need a striking point you need to be at the bottom of the well for those colors to come out and this really is a bottom of the well moment for lex to be told you may be infected with something that you know can kill you and at that point there is nowhere to go and the rest of his colors end up coming out. And uh, I do believe this whole experience is a very big turning point for Lex because of all the things Lex will do in the future, he will never try to betray his family again. Mm-hmm. That's you what know? I'm saying. You get what I would, you know. Yeah. yeah. I get what you're saying. Like, um, this is his lowest point and his family stands by him. These people proved that he does not have to keep up that guard with them anymore. He doesn't have to treat them like an enemy anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I do like the fact that you don't expect Lex to handle this with such dignity. No. Um, or even give a crap that he could infect his tribe mates in that moment. I like the small moment he takes to himself, like to just come to terms with the fact that, holy crap, I could be sick. I could be dying. And his first instinct is to stop his biggest cheerleader from possibly being infected by him. Yep. Um, yeah, it, it's it's just a refreshing. They could have just said, no, that's not Lex's. We've already told you, showed you everything he is. So yeah, um, there's nothing else. And that's like Sabine said, no, he's a human being. There's endless things in that box. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and and know, this is just the start. <laughs> so, um and I feel like a writer was like, no, I want to take him as far as I can in the worst direction possible. Do you think? I just, I hate him. There's nothing to like about him. And then surprise you with yeah. the light inside of him, you know? Um, I totally understand people who don't feel like this redeems his actions. I'm not going to say that they, they should yeah, no, him. No. Uh, but for like me, said, it's, a start. it's what I love about his character, how yeah. rich he is, you know? And yes. Yes. He's not fully dark side. Because nobody is. Mm-mm. You know, those would be very boring characters. Mm-hmm. Yep. We love, we love characters who are rich and there's so many facets to them and they're compelling. And that's why Lex has always been a very popular character. Yeah. Aside from being a little adorable, you know. You can track his honor code because it mm-hmm. does exist. Mm-hmm. And like I said, this is a turning point where the mall rats they legit become something, a, a people to Lex that he would never personally harm ever again. Yeah. Um, he may inadvertently hurt them by accident, but he never goes right. out of his way to betray one of them again or harm one of them again. Yep. Uh, because, yeah, they passed muster, you know. And, and, that, and that's why I say he is loyal, you know, to those that are loyal to him, I guess. You know what I mean? But they're his family. Like, he would do whatever. And I think this just kind of shows that. And I like that it shows it. It kind of reminds me of foster kids who, uh, if you've ever talked to parents, you know, people who have adopted or have fostered kids, it's been studied that sometimes what they'll do is push uh, the parental units in their new home because they're so used to people giving them up. And they'll push and push and push so that they're in, so they have control of the rejection they're convinced is going to happen. Mm-hmm. 
And um, it takes a long time to prove to these kids that, no, you're not going to throw them away. You're not going to give them away. This is their forever home. And they'll keep pushing you, convinced that if I do this, you'll finally give up on me. And I'd rather you do it when I'm ready for it than lessen my guard. And I feel like that's how Lex has treated the mall rats, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Convinced that they're not worthy of his concern because he doesn't trust them to care about him. And they proved to him through this that no, we aren't throwing you away. You're ours for better or for worse. And um, yeah, they become his forever home after this. Yep. Yep. And I love it. Mm-hmm. You should have told me instead of letting me think you were a grown up. You should have said something. Makes no difference now. It does to me. I brought you here. Everybody blames me for what's happened. You were my last chance. I'd be dead right now if you hadn't come along. Dead might be better. We have to talk about Patsy in this episode because her reaction and emotion was really well done. Um, but it also felt like she had suddenly been like aged up in this episode. Um, yeah, what was your reaction to that? Somebody give that girl a trophy. For real. Sarah, you're delivered in this episode. Oh, man. Yeah. That child ripped my heart out of my Absolutely. Oh, my I was so mad at Jack. So mad at him. Mm-hmm. Like, it was entirely his fault that this happened. I, it was, in my opinion. Like... If, if he never would have showed them that video, showed her that video, convinced her that this was, you know what I mean, what it was, she wouldn't have gone out there. She would have stayed where she was. However, this was a lesson for her, a real lesson, you know, in, in reality and what things actually are. I also don't feel like she ages up so much as that we see her true age shine through. I mm. honestly do feel like Patsy regresses the way she behaves as protection mm-hmm. because she does tend to sometimes flip-flop between a standard nine-year-old or 10-year-old and like a six-year-old and in her innocence like uh-huh. I believe in Santa Claus like no you don't Patsy but it feels good to say you believe in Santa Claus because it's such a simple belief to have and you kind of wish you could believe in Santa Claus because that's when the world was shiny and new and nothing could hurt you and I do feel like Patsy wears that as armor because she feels safer pretending mm-hmm. that she has no clue what's going on and everything's simple and all the other kids will take care of us. And no, but she doesn't actually believe that stuff because she's seen with her own eyes the real world. And um, this just rips her armor off, you know? Um, mm. The last thing Patsy would ever want to do is hurt her family and to find out she brought something that could kill them into the mall because yeah. she wanted to believe in Glenn. She looked at him and she wanted to believe he was a grown-up who would come take care of them. And because she wanted to believe it so bad, he was able to fool her and lie to her. And that betrayal, you know, it just it just strips her of her childish armor, you know. Mm-hmm. And yet she still goes to him and talks to him about it which is so much more than I expected her to do. Yeah, that was a sad moment. Like, why would you do that to me? Why mm-hmm. would you endanger my family? You knew what I thought. You knew I thought you were grown up and you lied to me and you let me bring you here, you know? Yeah. And, but I also love her empathy at the mm-hmm. end of that. Like, she mm-hmm. can't stay angry at him. It's really beautiful. I mean, oh, 
she's killing me this episode. Yeah. I'm normally not a big Patsy fan, but man, she got me. Mm-hmm. She did. She laid it all out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. And like I said, I was so mad at Jack, man. I was like, really? You're really going to say that? Like, why would you bring him here? Really? Like, why this, is, this is entirely your fault. Because of your <laughs> denial. Uh-huh. <laughs> she believed you, you know? I love how she calls him out on that. I love it, too. I brought him here because of you. I believe you, Jack. You know, I wanted to prove you were right. I was like that, a girl. You did it. (laughs) Oh, what an episode. And it sucks because we all hang on to our childhood as long as we can in bits and pieces. Mm -hmm. And it really stinks the day you realize that it's gone and you can't hold on to it anymore. You can't pretend anymore. Um, I used to have this place I played, I called it The Woods. And when I was little, it looked like the forest from the movie Legend to me. You know, magical. And there were forest sprites in there. And it could be anything I wanted it to be. I played in there my entire childhood. And then when I was 14, I was visiting the place. And I was trying with every fiber of my being to see it the way I had as a child. And that was the moment I realized I couldn't. Like, it hit me. My childhood is gone. I can never pretend it was (laughs) <laughs> you know, I, I just see it for what yeah. it is and and it hurt that moment and I'm seeing that in Patsy's eyes and I just I want to give her a hug. Yeah. Like, damn you, Glenn. That's why I said it was so dark. You know, but I think she also handled, you know, being isolated well enough. You know, she's a child. Oh, she handled it great. You know what I mean? Like that's that's hard. That that's gotta be really rough. But mm-hmm. I think her being able to watch Lex handle things so well encouraged her enough, you know what I mean? Oh, she was so brave. She really Absolutely, was. she was. But that line she says, I've not only brought it here, I've gone and got it. I'm like, oh, I my know, God. God, right in the heart. Oh, girl. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the mom and me, man. No, nope, I'm a cradler. It's okay, oh, baby. I got you, boo-boo. It's cool. <laughs> oh. I'll be sick with you, honey. It's okay. I'm not going <laughs> to <you> alone. <laughs> oh. Um, so yeah, we, I mean, we have to compare her reaction and how she handles the truth with how Jack does, because um, despite this realization, he suddenly throws himself back into his old routine of trying to search for a real adult on the radio. Um, yeah, what did you make of that panel? Um, do you think it was it showed his lack of confidence, or did he really just not want to let go of that dream? It was total denial. Absolute denial. He didn't, you know, want to be the reason for one that this guy was brought back here, you know, that the virus was here. Like there has to be an adult somewhere. It had to be someone else. You know what I mean? Like someone that can solve this (sighs) because he doesn't want to be the one to do it. Jack has been in denial since we met him. Oh, the poor kid. Every time someone tries to take his blinders off, he reacts violently and aggressively. No, these are my, that's his trauma response. That's his protective layer. Mm -hmm. Against yeah. the reality of the world. And uh, so I I was like, wow, I'll talk about doubling down, buddy. <laughs> Puts them glasses down and he's like, nope, it's my shield. Because the truth is terrifying. <laughs> it's so much, it would be so much easier to believe that, think about it, what is safer to believe that there are adults still out there or no, the virus is now coming after us. Which one would you prefer to believe, you know? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like in this situation, I would want to believe that there's no possible way that every single adult in the entire world was gone. There's no way. There's no way. Like that, you know, I feel like that's what I would think. But man, he's got to he's got to get with it. <laughs> he's got to face reality. And it's been a, it's it's been a consistent 
thing for him. So I do like that. This is very on brand for Jack. He's been like this from the beginning. Yep. And um, you got to wait. You know, it's like St. Fire practice, buddy. It's a real deal. Wake up. Yep. 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 Time to pop that bubble. <laughs> Something that it, eventually you got to push the kid out of the nest. Wake up. <laughs> That's what Dell's, tra- or Dell's trying to do. Because your denial is going to get you killed. That's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for him, though. Is that weird? No. I don't think it's weird. You have empathy for what he's going through and what he's feeling. It's like he's so convinced that there has to be someone out there, someone that can help them. If only he can reach them. If only he, he works hard enough. And, well, the reality is they aren't. He's never going to be able to work hard enough in order to do it. He's going to fail. And that's sad. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's... What Dell tells him is absolutely the right thing. You're our scientist now. Yep. You're the closest thing we have. You have to figure this out, Jack. I love that he needed his boyfriend to slap some sense. He did. I was like, oh, look at that. Like, Dell was trying to be patient with him. And then he's just like, okay, I love you. I got to get harsh. I got to knuckle down with you and just shake some sense into your head. Yep. Enough is enough. Okay. Knock it off. This is ridiculous. I love you, but I, I can't let you live in your denial bubble anymore it's not helping anybody it's dangerous so get it together because we freaking need you okay yes <laughs> big old smooch and it would have been done <laughs> come get me when you're thinking clearly <laughs> <laughs> every time you say stuff like that i'm imagining it i can see it in front of me dude it's canon <laughs> yeah, i mean jack's cheeks were awful flushed when they when the camera went to them just saying this wasn't queer baiting. This was just low key. This was the relationship happening. It's what it was. Their fight was never about Allie. Never. Homewrecker. She was a complication. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was all good before she came along and spoiled it. <laughs> um, yeah, speaking of love, um, how do you think the two remaining leaders handled the situation? And yeah, did you? How did you feel about drawing them two closer together? I like it. I mean, I like, I like it too. It's just the first thing I said. I was like, "Wait a minute! Didn't she just rejoin civilization?" Yeah, but remember, it was Sasha like left. It was like a week and a half, and in tribe world, that is an eternity. That's so. a decade. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Okay. Okay. I mean, the tri- the water trial was literally just this morning. All right, then. All about then it. I'm totally good with it. I'm totally good with Team Bramber. I'm awesome. I'm on board. She's finally out of mourning. She can take off the black taffeta. It's okay. She's allowed to move on. She told him that she doesn't want him to leave. She needs to stay for her. It's cool. It's cool. It's good. Not to mention for Bray, it's a definite wake up call. All the effort she was putting into uh-huh. keep him from being tossed out. And the fact yeah. that she believed wholeheartedly he hadn't done this. Um, and she was like, don't let Lex win. And she was fighting so hard. I think that was Bray like, oh, I matter to her, you know? Yes. Maybe it's time to stop sulking. <laughs> he has. His attitude has changed quite Maybe a bit. Maybe there's some hope here, you know? Yes. I good. do like that this gives them both something to focus on. I also love the fact that, uh, like, no, Bright, he's not the take charge kind of guy. This isn't really his forte. And he's trying. And you can mm-hmm. see, like, he's floating ideas out and seeing how Amber responds to it. And you can see the pleasure center of his brain lighting up every time she's like, that's a good idea. Yes. You know, responding f- like positively to his help. He's like, oh, okay, I'm on the right track. I'm doing this right. This is good. <laughs> He's a pleaser. We know now. 
She just wanted me to get off my ass. Why didn't I say yes. that? Yes. And she told him. That's the horrible thing. Like, she just mm-hmm. told him, dude, do something. <laughs> Take some initiative. It's nice to see. Yeah. It, it really is. And I really enjoyed the, that little scene, you know, them having their coffee or their tea or whatever it was. And, yeah. and then, you know, <laughs> like, as she went back to her room and sat in her bed and he followed her and sat down, I go, Bray, did she invite you? I don't remember hearing her inviting you know, sit, to sit on her bed. Come on, come on, Maggie. Her body <laughs> language was like, you know, that slow turn as girls do. Her shoulders were told like, come in here. <laughs> oh, it was nice. The was bashful nice. retreat. <laughs> I was like, good on Bray for following and reading the signal. Yes. Good job. I liked their chemistry. I loved their eye contact. It was it was very precious. Yeah, and we really got to see how well they work together. Yes. As a team, you know, to lead this tribe. Yeah. It, it, they're very, it's just, it's nice. It was good. It was about time we saw it, you know, like really saw it. I'm happy. I thought it was very adorable. It was. It was. Another little great thing I did find adorable in this episode, though, was that he was the one to grab hold of Chloe, mm-hmm. just before she was coming too close. Yes. Yeah, his little protege. And I like that Amber acknowledged that. You know, she told him, you know, you got to Chloe before she got to Patsy. You did good. Yeah. And he enjoyed hearing that, needed to hear it. But at, at the end of the day, we always see Bray being the first to reach Chloe quite often. Yeah, that's true. Uh, how realistic... <laughs> Do you think it was for the suggestion that it could find out more about the virus? <laughs> oh, the suggestion to start at the library just had me cracking up. I wondered. I'm like, why the library? What are they going to find there? I think they were going to try and find old newspapers. Remember back yeah. then, you guys, the library still had newspapers. <laughs> That's true. And then, but then they said the newspaper or whatever. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. And then I'm like, government buildings? Yeah, that's a good place to start. <laughs> that sounds like a great place to start. Or, you yeah. know, and I just, it's a good idea to do, you know? Like, and I thought it was funny how they were just, they were trying to figure out who was going to stay behind. Which meant that they were in agreement with the plan. And Amber's still like, we just need to know if it's a good idea. Like, girl, they are trying to figure it out already. Mm-hmm. I think um, I like the realistic uh, dialogue in that. Because sometimes conversations can do that. Amber mm-hmm. asks one question, which is, do you think we should do this? And it kind of devolves and loses its focus. And now they're focusing on who should go. And she's just like, look, I just... Right now, slow down. I just tell I me if you want to do this, I know. you know. But they could have skipped a whole step. I still liked the dialogue. Um, oh, yeah. I, 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 and I like the tribute the first one to be like, well, I'm going to have to stay with the baby, you know. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Kudos to Trudy, man. Mm-hmm. She has been holding herself up like a champ. I know. I love it. The last few crises that have been happening, I'm like, you go, girl. Like, yes. There's no way I'm feeding the diseased guy when I have a child to think of. Uh uh-uh. uh. Okay, I'll bring it up. Thank you for bringing it up because, yes, that really annoyed me actually. There's two things that annoyed me so much about this episode, and that's one how could they try to let Trudy go and feed Glenn? It's insane. <sighs> but the child, no, they shouldn't have let her do that. She's got a, a child to think about. Like, no, sorry, no. <laughs> She's the only one with a child that small. That's oh, so has it been immunized. Hello. 
Oh, no. it was not, over dead from the chicken pox come on yeah it was not smart not smart at all um yeah i did think it was a little cavalier um but i'm again i'm giving kudos to trudy uh for focusing on solving the problem rather than her fear mm-hmm. and um if she can be a productive member of her tribe she can't go out searching for answers she can't fight off intruders she can do this. She can take care of people. And um, I have had those moments as a parent where where I, I assume the smartest thing would be to just focus on my children and keeping them safe. Mm-hmm. But I made a decision for their greater good because my children will still benefit from that greater good. Um, it's not an easy choice to make. And you're not a bad person if you don't make it. But uh, yeah, I just I, I think a lot of the headspace these kids are going into is a coping mechanism so the fear doesn't take over. And Trudy wants to just do something. Keep your mind on helping, fixing. You know, nobody else is going to want to feed Glenn. Everybody else is very terrified. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I still think it's risky. I wouldn't have let her do it. I would have been like, what about Brady? Um, Where's her mask? (laughs) (laughs) I I admire her for doing it. That's all. Yeah, no, I agree. Mm, Something you just said. Where's her mask? But... Back when the adults got the virus, we barely see anyone with masks. Well, there were some in some of the flashbacks. In the flashback, all the teachers had masks at the school dance. Yeah. Yeah, but while Bray's dad was dying, he wasn't wearing a mask to teacher. And- um, again, this isn't going to matter, but it's because at that point in time, his children were the only ones visiting him. They can't catch it. I'm sure the exactly. doctors were wearing masks. Yep. But he's already freaking infected and he can't give it to his kids. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I admire it. Again, I really do admire Because I tend to, when I'm going through a stressful time, if I can find positive choices, like positive options, it can help. Disp- it keeps despair from sinking in. As long as I feel like I have an option of what I can do next. Um, if this doesn't work, what can I do next? As long as I have a list of to do next, just in case, I'll feel better about the situation. And honestly, where else would these guys look? You know, where would you find information about the virus? I'm sure many of them weren't paying attention to the logistics of the virus. And um, I, I do think it's pretty optimistic that they think they could find an answer that would help at all. But it's better to be proactive than to just sit in the mall and despair about the fact that we're all going to die. Yeah. I can't say I would do it as an adult because I'd have this bitter realism sitting there going, there's nothing I can find out that's going to help us. You know, I'd be like Zandra, like, why do you think we could figure the answer out? The adults didn't, but I get why they would latch on to it. Mm. Because what, honestly, if you're watching the show, what is more interesting? The mall rats languishing in the mall, running away, or trying to discover something about this virus. I mean, haven't we yeah. about the virus? Haven't we all wanted That's to know what, what I was well? just going to say anyway, like for plot purposes, it makes sense. Right, you know? They, they do something interesting. We finally get to find out <laughs> what happened in the world. Yes, <laughs> yes. Love it. Let's do it. I, I guess it's just weird in a way, like someone like Jack hadn't been compiling uh, information about the virus. Yeah, you would think mm-hmm. that Jack would have a little bit of information. Some or- information, yeah. Or even well, with well, family yeah. who worked in hospitals. Hmm. Well, I think it makes sense that they don't because one, what Dal took away from the virus is that medicine could do nothing, which is why he lost his dreams of becoming a doctor. He watched his parents try to save people 
over and over again. Then he had to watch them come home at the end of the day with several patients probably dead and realize the harsh way that medicine was going to do nothing. Okay. And then you've got Jack who just went into straight in denial. So of course he's not going to learn about the virus because that was his trauma response to this whole thing. It's going to blow over and the grownups in hiding will come out and fix everything. I don't think it's weird that none of these kids would have stockpiled information about the catastrophe around them. I mean, look at how people have responded to this. There are people who have been online or constantly trying to learn about Corona. And there's other people who just kind of want to pretend it doesn't matter. It's not that dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. Um, yeah. Speaking of the virus, let's um, head outside the mall for a bit because during all these events, Casey attempts to leave the mall only to discover that things are suddenly going to hell outside um, with lynch mobs attacking anyone infected by the virus. Um, but my question to the panel is like, do you think, this was effective at showing the situation in the city or do you think this really should have been sprinkled out more in the previous episode do you think it happened too suddenly mm, not really i mean it's obvious they didn't have this plot line set up mm-hmm. so they didn't know this is where we're going so they couldn't set any breadcrumbs or foreshadowing for it um but as soon as they knew this is where they're going i do think I don't know. I don't I don't know. It didn't feel too sudden to me, I guess. I didn't think so either. No? It, it, the one thing that surprised me, though, is that we never see anything from where Ebony is at that point in time. Because we've seen her before when something's going on. If something's going on in the city, Ebony is a part of it. Yet, we don't see her during this. At least not yet. They're waiting because they knew they're, they knew they're, they're bringing her back in a big way. And they want it to be, have more impact, you know. Yeah. When she, you know, when she suddenly ends up back on the scene and a part of the Mallrats' lives, I have a feeling that's why we're not focusing on her. I, I, I guess I'll just give him a pass because again, we, we have that whole second third of season one where everything just sort of drags. But considering when this virus probably started to pop up, it seems like it happened pretty fast. I I don't know. I guess I just didn't feel like it was too jarring. I thought Glenn was a really good red herring on the camera. Yeah. Um, leads us into the storyline. And again, our Marats have been holed up ever since the tribal gathering. Yeah, we don't see much of outside. Well, yeah. we've had Abra and Sasha going out and then Celine going out. To the beach. Yeah, everyone going out to different that- areas. But Did again, you- remember, we have a time jump after Sasha has left and nobody's gone anywhere. So, so a number of things that have happened in those 10 mm-hmm. days that she was mourning Sasha. And, um, but yeah, it is, I won't lie. I'll give you points. It's true. I mean, you have Bray who's still going out for food mm-hmm. and he never saw any hint of this and them going out for their water at the stream. It does seem a little like, how did Sector 10 stay so isolated from this spreading? But Sector 10 does seem kind of empty, so maybe it's just that there's not much of a population over there. Maybe. Because that's part of why the Marats have never been sussed out by other tribes. I, I don't know. I, I think I think it's plausible. I'll just put it that. It's plausible mm. that this has all been happening and the Marats were isolated from it. Is it writing convenience? Sure. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Convenient. <laughs> it does make you wonder how quickly someone gets to this level of ill. Yeah. 
after being infected. I, I will say they're extremely inconsistent with how they handle the virus. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> There's no uh, experts on the writing staff. <laughs> but again, again, given who their uh, audience is, but yeah, it's really inconsistent about how quickly you get it, how quickly you start to show symptoms, how long you can languish with it before you get well. Um, we don't really have a control to let us know. Mm. Like We only meet Glenn at the very tail end of his, his infection. We don't know how long he's had it. He doesn't give us a timeline. Um, and then Lex, he's a very special case because of things that affect what he has. And then in season two, they kind of take the virus in a whole different direction. So... They're just like wibbly wobbly science stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, what do you think about Casey's reaction? <laughs> so I'll blame the kid. Go back inside. <laughs> Smart. He justified. Absolutely. Yeah, outside world is screwed. Nope, not going there. That must have been very jarring. To realize this is what's been going on when you guys weren't paying attention. Mm. You know, because it's like, when was the last time Casey went outside the mall? He's mm -hmm. never had a problem handling himself out there. And he's like, I should get out of here, you know, because I just confessed to try and get someone kicked out of the mall. And and this is what he sees out there. And it it's terrifying. Like, holy, they're stoning people out yeah, here. Yeah, that's <laughs> crazy. Like, this is like the bad part of the Bible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it had to be really traumatizing to see that kind of chaos on the streets like that again. Mm -hmm. That would take me right back to the world ending. Like, oh my gosh. Okay, I'm going back inside. Um, yep. I'd rather deal with the lynch mob in the mall than the lynch mob outside. Yeah, because the lynch mob in the mall isn't likely to stone him to death. Nope. No, they've conveniently forgotten about his crime. <laughs> they did. Yeah, but they seem so small in comparison to what's going on in the real world. Yeah, I know that's the point. I, it's still, I guess it's just a pet peeve of mine. He gets away with it. <laughs> nobody addresses this. Nobody cares anymore. Like, you guys cared so much about this stupid three bottles of water. <laughs> right, this, right out. This freaking stupid trial. And now it doesn't matter. So you're admitting it was a waste of everybody's time. A waste of time. What a farce. Bray was oh. right. If this episode wasn't so good, I'd never forgive him for the water trial. <laughs> Come on, everybody knew Casey was just protecting Lex. Uh, they knew. And well, now they get to shove Lex in isolation. I was actually wondering about this. I was thinking about where the story goes and how great this episode is and all of the awesome shots, all the places the kids are going to go. And I was wondering, what was the point of the water trial? Because it really doesn't matter. It doesn't serve a purpose. It doesn't do anything for the story or the characters. So why what did they do? And I was kind of wondering, this last third of season one requires a lot of um, location shots. Mm -hmm. And I, I couldn't help but wonder if they needed to kill time before they could start filming this part of the show. It's possible. It's possible, but I also think it was to um, finally get that issue between Bray and Lex out of the way. You know, Lex has been trying to get rid of Bray since, well, day one. Yeah. And now he's had his big attempt and it failed. It did. And it's over with. We don't talk about it anymore. I do wish the water trial had been resolved a teensy bit better. Mm -hmm. 
but I, I understand the point. It was never important. And I, I get that, but I just wish I hadn't wasted my time with it. <laughs> Martin. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But I agree with you, Sabine, that for them to repair the Bray and Lex's relationship, they had to take it to its lowest form. Yeah. So they had to take it to a place of betrayal before they can surprise us by actually healing these boys and finally bringing them together, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's now they've reached a point where, you know, all the petty little things between them don't matter anymore. It's about survival now. They're just lucky this is a good episode. Because you see how forgiving yeah. I am, you guys? I'm so pretty. Yes. Girl. And that's the strength of this episode. Yes, it made me forget everything. I, I was broiling with anger the last few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I do like to think that the tribal gathering could have been a super spreader event. I For sure. Now that I'm looking at it and we were just talking about it, I'm like, you want to know what? It probably was. I was just thinking like how much time literally goes by. They, you know, you have this tribal gathering and then Sasha's around for about three days. Mm-hmm. And then we have the 10 day time gap after he's gone. And it's like, yeah, that was plenty of time for the virus to take hold in mm-hmm. these kids who were constantly intermingling with each other. And wow, that that's pretty dark. Thinking <laughs> of the tribal gathering that way now. Well, I mean, on the other hand, we saw kids chained up together, yet Sasha and Amber were perfectly fine. Um, so is Dal. Dal, we've seen Lex getting beaten up by Glenn. So apparently Glenn wasn't infected then. Yeah. He could have gotten infected later. So maybe the mole rats got away from the gathering just in time, but they've interacted with so many people. I don't know. I'm just saying it, it, it seems like it, it could be likely. You never know. Yeah. It starts with one person sneezing on another one. Uh-huh. Or, cough, or coughing in their face. I do think it's probably more plausible that this virus spread so much at the gathering. I definitely agree with that. And I think the Mara's just got lucky. That's all. I think yeah. they just got lucky that they yeah. didn't catch it when they were there. And it absolutely does happen. So Yeah, all the time. You know, mm-hmm. um, they just got lucky. They weren't there very long. And they, they stuck to themselves. Yeah, they weren't interacting that much with other people. They may have been close proximity of some people, but considering how the other kids were and how much time the other tribes spend together, um, it, I, I, I guess it just makes sense to me that they didn't catch it when they were there. They just got lucky. Yeah. Because we don't know how contagious it is. Like, for example, you can have chicken pox. You spread chicken pox before you even show symptoms of having chicken pox. Mm-hmm. We don't really know when you become contagious with this virus. This is a mutation of it. It doesn't kill everybody. It does not have the same efficacy rate of the original strain. Um, so, yeah, we just don't know. It's These are all possibilities. I think they're reasonable possibilities, but we don't know for sure when Glenn would be contagious. Clearly, he was contagious in this form because Lex gets it, but we don't know if he had had it before, if he would have been able to give it to, Ma- you know, to Lex. I do wonder, though, because... If we look at the gathering, Glenn was still with the Locos. Yeah. So it makes me wonder at what point did he manage to get away from the Locos like that? Yeah, how did he escape? That's a good question. Stoning stray infected kids on the street. How did Glenn get away with his life? From the Locos. Yeah. Another chapter in the saga that is Glenn. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, no. Now I'm seeing a sympathetic jailer. Uh, maybe Glenn got out of there as soon as he first started seeing signs That's of the what infection. I'm yeah. And he's like, I gotta get away. Maybe other people had already gotten sick and he knew what yeah. was gonna happen and yeah. 
I mean, he says if I'd stayed out there any longer, I would have died. So, yeah. so he, he, yeah, fair point. He might have just ran for the hills the moment he started feeling the tiniest bit sick or saw that first gray hair. Yeah, I'm like, I gotta get out of here. They'll kill me if they know I have this and that I've likely given it to some of them or they gave it to me. I'm out. Yep. Mm. I do love how the infected all have like hobo clothes. Love it. <laughs> like, love what it. happened to your clothes? Did your clothes get infected too? <laughs> yes. Glenn, where'd you get that outfit? What the heck? Are you <laughs> From some other dead person? What happened to your regular clothes, Glenn? What's going on? I love how the, the virus made his hair grow out. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's super fast. <laughs> Holy sh... Yes. He had short hair last time we saw him. You see how fast his hair grew in less than two weeks? It's amazing. It's his pandemic haircut. It's because he's worth it. <laughs> worth it, yes. You know, I keep thinking that if the locals hadn't caught Glenn the day we found this place, none of this would have happened. It would have been one of us, wouldn't he? I suppose. Um, I know we've spoken quite a bit about um, Lex's bad karma coming back to bite him in the ass. Um, but how funny was it for Zandra to mention this? <laughs> conversation with Lex? He deserved that. Absolutely. I'm so glad she did. Uh, one of the moments I love, Zandra. The thing that's funny is she makes the comment with no sense of self-awareness. Right, she always does. That's just the way Zandra is. Like she's not making, she's not saying it as a dig to Lex. Yes. Like because we screwed over our friend, this is what happened to us. <laughs> For her, she really <laughs> sees it as an act of fate. Like wow, yeah. you know, it could have been any of us this happened to. And Lex is like, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> You know, because what happened to Glenn was a total accident. I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> but in his head, he's like, yeah, I really messed up that one. All of this after Tyson mentioned the last episode that someone who would be this evil would get karma biting them in the ass. Oh, Lex. Never knew it would work that quickly. Knowing what I know now about what Lex is going to go through, I definitely feel like this is karmic punishment. Mm -hmm. Um put a lot of ugliness back in the world and it bounced back and hits him tenfold i'm not sure he deserves all of it um but uh not i guess knowing the whole story i'm not sorry it happened <laughs> he needed it for the growth it was important. yes it was important for the development you know i appreciate him suffering i do think it was smart though to take a character like lex who has no has very few good points going for him and then torturing him like this yes like, he's the cersei lannister of his time i love it like think about it. when cersei had to finally do the walk of shame the same well, one she tried that's to where we're at. Up for yes. you, everyone suddenly felt sorry for cersei and i'm like you guys she's still evil she she still mm -hmm. did all those evil things <laughs> we are finally to that point in our rewatch and i'm telling you it is the most amazing thing in the world i'm so glad to see lex having to deal with his yeah. you know his actions, his his actions have consequences and they're finally here. If you're going to do something terrible to a character, sometimes it's best to do it to a character who he, the audience won't mind saying something terrible, mm -hmm. you know, and yep. 
it's a smart way to win the audience back for that character because you can make them you can make the audience empathize with them make them question well yeah lex is a horrible person but does he deserve this you know and yeah, it, it wouldn't have had the same effect if ha- if it had been dal or ryan you know mm. that would have just felt like bullying like come on leave these characters alone um, may i just say i'm just for once glad that they didn't put it on trudy <laughs> Oh, that poor girl. But yeah, this was very smart because it finally gives Lex a reason to show us more of who he is. So this, the writers were very clever to take advantage of this this plot. Because mm-hmm. it's so strong that it, can, it makes people forget his worst crimes. Like people see him this way being so noble and protective of Zandra and they forget he tried to rape her. You know, um, they forget the things he's done that are just unforgivable and they fall in love with him. Uh, so it was, it was just really good, smart writing. Mm-hmm. And Caleb is great again. <laughs> Absolutely. I love the fear in his eyes. Mm-hmm. I, I love Caleb's eye acting anyway. So. <laughs> his, his facial expressions are good. Bray's not so much. <laughs> Sorry, Dwayne. Well, Dwayne's hang dog look is good. I like that one. Yeah. The reluctant martyr look that Bray does. Mm. Put it on a t-shirt, Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> That's your look. You've coined that one. Because Dwayne does this head tilt and he looks at you with this open expression. And I'm like, boy band lead singer right there. <laughs> <laughs> he studied with the greats. <laughs> on teen girls, though. All he needs to reach out his hand and say, hey, girl. And you're just, ah! <laughs> It's worked so far. That's that's what Bray is good at. I was wondering when Zondra did say that to Lex, like if Glenn hadn't been caught. Considering the situation they were in, one of them had to get caught. Glenn getting caught is the only reason the other three got away. So if Glenn didn't get caught, either all of them would have been caught by the Logos or someone else would have had to be sacrificed. Poor Ryan. <laughs> right, you know, and so it was, I was wondering, would they have walked the same path as Glenn? Glenn is so unique and the times we've seen him have all been so different Mm. you know just the fact that he ends up back here full circle with these people would any of the rest of them been able to win over the locos you know like Glenn did and I don't know if it would have been the same if one of them got caught Mm, yeah I can't see it (laughs) I don't see Lex winning over Zoot or any of the other locos oh no for sure Uh, definitely not ebony and i see ryan he might have you know been able to get out of slavery but i don't see him he wouldn't have been given like a leadership role like glenn was no he would have just been muscle yeah and goodness knows what ebony would have done to zandra another pretty girl in there Mm -hmm. good lord well she would have sent them the ways of her sister probably (laughs) Mm. Okay, so that brings us to our final thoughts of the episode, which is the two iconic scenes. Yeah, unable to understand why Patsy has potentially been infected despite being a good person, Chloe breaks her free from her quarantine, stating to the others that she'd rather be virus too than be apart from her. Um, yeah, what was your initial reaction to that scene? This is, this is where my opinion changed, okay? When I first watched it, I'm like, oh, this is sweet. This is touching, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now as I watch it, it angers a little part of me. And I I get it and I get why it had to happen, you know? Like, it, it's yeah. good for the story. Uh, but that's where my opinion of yeah. this changed. I mean, I, I found it 
adorable that Chloe went to Patsy, but yeah, like Maggie, nowadays I would have just, seeing a kid doing that, I would have just gone, okay, then you two are going to quarantine together. Mm -hmm. I think this is where the show is able to utilize um, the reckless but beautiful optimism that children have that we don't anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, If that had been my child had to go into isolation. Let's say Tristan had to go into isolation because he could be sick. And I'm only agreeing to it because I have to protect the rest of the family. I got to protect his cousins and my mm-hmm. brothers and my parents. And Orion, who would totally do this, goes to her brother because mm-hmm. there's just no way she would be separated from her brother and she wouldn't understand that she needs to be. If I saw my two children standing there, I know the smart thing would be like, you guys both have to go in isolation because we got to protect everybody. But the inside me would be like, those are my kids. I am, we are yep. doing this together. Um, and I know that my un- my brothers would do the same thing. My parents would do the same yeah, thing. I would you do the same I mean? thing with my kids. Absolutely. But it would be the three of us. You know what I mean? Just the three of us. I'm going in there with you guys. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't do that with a, a group of strangers that I was surviving no. in the apocalypse. No. The zombies were here and one of them got bit. <laughs> no. Uh, you no. Know. I'm, mm-hmm. so I agree with you. I do understand that looking at it from a responsible point of view, it's like, Chloe, this is very reckless. And you're risking everyone in the group. And you're using this very saccharine reason for it because she's your best friend. You know what I mean? And, um, I get it. She's the only kid your age, you know, uh, but children don't think like we do and i feel like this moment does capture that youthful um sense that you can never really die you know and yeah like the grown-up side of my brain is like this is so irresponsible just put chloe in the room with patsy if she really needs to be with her just put them together i'm sorry you guys i'm a sad sack niagara falls when this happens I was blubbering. I knew it was coming. I was like, don't cry. Your allergies will get hacked. No, I just broken spigot. I can help it. It's like, Chloe, I love you so much. You're so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and she is too. I mean, it was a sweet moment. I'm not going to say that it wasn't. And it was good for the story and the morale of the group, I guess, to really bring them together. And it's true. The thing is, what you're dealing with, you kind of have to learn. You, I don't know. It's like you got to sink or swim together, you know? And the minute you start isolating people because they might be infected or whatever, you're separating yourself. And it works for this story. I'll just say that. Nothing yeah, yeah. reality, but it works for this story. Even that stupid, cheesy moment when. <laughs> sorry casey runs up the stairs to join like uh, bro i'm so glad you said something i literally i was like yeah because that was completely necessary let's establish their family unit <laughs> and then they all walk down together oh my gosh that was so awkward like wh- why did they do that why, why? Yeah, why? Why? We need answers. We need answers now. Mox is my daddy now. <laughs> oh, that was awkward. Like, it made sense. It, like, it worked when Celine is the first one to break from the group to hug both Patsy and Chloe. Yes. And turns around and says, they're right. We can't fight this if we start cutting ourselves off from each other. You know, we have to do this together. And we'll fight all the harder if every one of us is in ri- at risk. It worked when Celine did it. I know why they're Casey doing it, but yeah. It doesn't, it, we, it doesn't yeah, it was so awkward. It doesn't track. It doesn't track at all. 
He needs to just ask Xander if she's his mommy now. (laughs) (laughs) Are you my new mommy? (laughs) Oh, man. But again, as cheesy as it is, there's still something I love about Zandra running off to Lex as soon as she realizes it's yes. okay to And then both standing so proudly, her standing proudly next to her man, mm-hmm. she feels for him. Yes. I, was, I said for better or for worse, I'm here for you, baby. And mm-hmm. I did. I did like that. That was nice. So in case he just had to, <laughs> he didn't like that she was getting all the attention. Okay. <laughs> It's a I forgive it, you guys. I forgive it. I know it's it's dorky. I don't care. I love it so much. I forgive it so much. I'm already crying. Bring on more cheese. I don't care. And then that's circle. <laughs> it was amazing. Okay, iconic circle. You're gonna hold hands now. The eye lock was just great. Between Bray and Lex. I love that moment. Like, dude, we are brothers. Okay? Yes. Get I have I have a graphic somewhere of that, and I love it. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how smart of it was for Amber to put Bray and Lex together? Especially when you have the suspicions that Lex was still somewhat responsible for trying to get rid of Bray. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know... Yep. The fact that Bray doesn't even question holding holding Lex's hand, someone who could be infected, he's he's just like, okay, I guess we're holding hands now. He doesn't pull right. it away. It's like, yes, we are in this. Even if I hate you, sometimes you are my family. You jackass, you know. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. And that's a turning point for the two of them, because again, we'll never see either of them betray the other again. They'll fight like brothers do. Um, yeah. They will never be on the same. They'll never be like see things the same way. But they will forever be on the same side, and that's why I, I forgive any ridiculousness in the scene because it's such a turning point going forward for many of these characters. Yeah. Yeah, I was crying so hard. Theodore came in and jumped on the deck, oh. staring at me. Like, you okay, mom? <laughs> these are happy tears, baby. Oh. Oh my gosh. Oh, I love this episode so much. But again, if that was my kid, I'd be like, you idiot! (laughs) What the fuck are you doing? He's just your brother, Orion. I can give you another one! (laughs) Did anyone have any thoughts about what could happen next? Not really. I didn't have a clue. No. Because I was surprised at this anyway, at this storyline. So I was just Mm like, this... Wow, okay. <laughs> this is where the show's going now. I have no idea how they're going to deal with this. I thought, because I hadn't considered a virus as a plot point. It was, for me, it was just exposition to set up the reality these kids live in. So mm-hmm. I wasn't one of those people who had questions about the virus or cared about it at all. So for them to suddenly go, we're going to give you some answers about this thing. I was like, oh, that's where we're going? Okay. I didn't know that this was what it was about. Fine, let's do this. Oh, I was so happy that we were going to get answers. I needed answers. <laughs> like, oh, the writers finally figured out the answer. <laughs> they look like we got it. <laughs> We've been working for you know months to figure out what this virus is about. <laughs> I'm gonna drag this out as long as we can. Okay, we got it. It's fine. Can you imagine if this had been like a season finale and how crazy you'd be going, waiting for the show to come back? 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> that would be horrible. I remember the first time I watched it. I feel like we've gotten over our sophomore slump. And mm-hmm. yes, senior year, we're here. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Woo, this plot gets good. Some good writing in this. Yes. So even though season one starts off kind of meandering and then the second part of it just kind of, what the heck are we doing? It ends strong. I'll give it that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that brings episode 42 a close. Thank you very much to the panel and we'll see you next time for episode 41. So until then, bye. 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 Bye.